Well, praise God. Man, I'm glad y'all are all here this morning. Glad everybody's tuned in also out there. You glad to be in church this morning? Yeah. Well, praise God. Well, get your Bibles out and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. We are going to have communion here this morning. We're going to have it here at the end of service. So those of you out watching, get your communion elements there ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. It says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have have justified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're all men most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The resurrection, you know, in the days of Uh, Even uh, the apostle Paul preaching, when the apostles were all preaching and saying that Jesus had risen from the dead, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, there was an argument amongst them of who, if if this is even true. Some believe there was a resurrection. Some didn't believe there's a resurrection. But I want to tell you this morning, church, that everything in your Christian faith and in your Christian walk hinges on what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there's no empty tomb, then Jesus was not the son of God. He was a good man who did good works, but if there was no resurrection, he was not the son of God. But I'm here today to tell you there was a resurrection. You say, well, pastor, how do you know that there's a resurrection? Because I want to preach to you today about resurrection power in your life. I have seen too many people's lives changed. Come on. I'm looking at a lot of you out there this morning. I've seen too many people's lives changed. I've seen too many people that God reached out and rescued. I've seen too many people who were trapped and bound and all kinds of whatever in the world, and they were set free. The only person that can set somebody free is somebody who's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. When the apostle John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos in his his vision, his revelation, Jesus said, he saw him and he said, I got the keys. I got the keys. To death, hell, and the grave. I I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? So we're not here today to celebrate some namby-pamby religion, right? We're not here today to celebrate and just just come to church to feel good. We're here today to celebrate. And I want to get this through you. God will deliver you and set you free from anything going on in life. He will raise your dead body up. By the power, the same power that he arose from the dead. Amen. Last week I preached a message, the rising of the body. And and, and this is kind of, you know, part two, because I'm telling you what, I believe God is rattling the chains right now. I believe God is wanting to set people free. I believe God's wanting to turn up the heat. He's wanting to see his church be his church on the face of the earth in this day and this time. Amen. And it's, it's up to us 
to rise up and to be resurrected even in our own faith. Okay, so go to Luke 24. I want to take the resurrection story out of Luke 24 this morning. Luke 24, 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And just stop right there for a second. You know, you've got to understand the people of that time. You've got to understand everybody that had followed Jesus. They, had, they, they did not, they, they hadn't got this all put together. Jesus had carried the cross, gone down the Via del Rosa. They had, he had been beaten. He had been whipped. His, he was fulfilling scripture the whole time. And nobody, they weren't catching it. They weren't getting it. There was no revelation of it. They just knew that the man that they loved and the, the one that they believed was a Messiah was being crucified on a cross. The worst, the worst death that it could be. You got to understand something about crucifixion. In crucifixion, you do not die from being crucified. You die from suffocating. Because once you're stretched out on the cross and you're, you're put in that position and the weight of your body hangs down, it's the worst death because they said that some people could be three weeks on a cross before they died. Because the, 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 the piercings didn't kill you. But it was the fact that you had to literally push up on the, on the spikes driven into your feet push up to get a breath of air. And then that would hurt so much, then you would stop and you would let go. And then you would hang by the arms, which would hurt, but that's the only way you could get air. But pushing up, <sighs> and Jesus said, they saw this. They saw this horrible death. The Romans loved to crucify. They, were per they had, it, had it down to perfection of how to crucify. And Jesus had gone through that and everybody looking around saw this total and complete defeat. Oh my gosh. We thought he was the Messiah and they killed him. And so they're all discouraged. And so the women, they're going to go and they're going to, they're going to anoint the body. At least they figured we'll, we'll give him a decent burial. But they go to the tomb. And when they walked in up to the tomb, you got to understand something. They had rolled a big stone in front of it, sealed the tomb so that the Jews couldn't steal the body. Right. So I don't know what the women, they just were guess, guessing somebody might be around there to help them because these large, huge stones rolled on there. There was no way you were going to push it off. But so they went just by faith, just hoping somebody was going to help them. And they were going to anoint the body with Jesus and, and just give him a, a good burial. That's what they were going to do. They weren't going to the tomb to look for faith. And how many people went to church today, even though it's Easter Sunday morning, but they didn't go looking by faith to have a miracle. They went on a Sunday morning to go to church because that's just what they knew to do. Just like the women going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. And so they go there and it says, so they went in, they found the stone rolled away. They went in and they did not find the body of Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and they bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Whew, come on now. Let me ask you this morning. Why are you seeking life in something that only brings death? The world only brings us death. Or temporal satisfaction. Amen. And he said to the, said to the, to the, the, the they said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And they're just like, they've got to have been just like, what are you talking about? 
What do you mean? We came, we saw him, he's dead. We've, came to, we've come to anoint the body of Jesus. And uh, he said, man, y'all got it all wrong. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? And so he said, he's not here. <laughs> Just think about how far-fetched this story sounds. You know he put him in the grave. You saw him crucified. They put him in the tomb. All facts indicate that was the end of him, his demise. Right? right? Yes. Folks, we can't live on, on, on what our eyes see when you're dealing with Jesus. Because he's the kind that just doesn't go along with what everybody says. Hello? He doesn't go along with what the doctor says. He doesn't go along with what the financial system says. He doesn't go along with what, what, what this world system says. He goes along with what the kingdom of God says. Amen? And so he says here, he says, he says uh, 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 he's not here. He's risen. And so you know they've got to been saying like, uh, yeah, okay. And he said, remember how he spoke to you. When he was still in Galilee, seeing the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day he'll rise again. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus already told them what was going to happen, but nobody believed it. So they went to the tomb discouraged because they were letting the world system tell them what was reality. Wait a minute. Jesus already, let me, can I say this? Jesus gave you his word. So are you going to the tomb expecting resurrection power? Or are you going to the tomb because you know he lives? Right. He's already told you. He already told you what he was going to do. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Oh, yeah, but I know, Lord, but you've been crucified. You see what I'm saying here? Jesus told them. What was going to happen? What was going to take place? But it just went through their ears. What's the difference than today? You reading your Bible and Jesus telling you what's real and it just goes through your ears and you don't believe it. What's the difference? The difference is, is he risen and is that resurrection power in your life? The doctor says you're, you're sick and you're going to die. And he said, oh, okay. And then you read the Bible and the Bible says, trust in me. And he said, I know, but you're dead. Is Jesus in your life today as the risen Savior, the resurrection power? Is he alive or is it all just fictitious parable stories? It's not really real. He's not really risen. He's just, you know, it's a good story. We should be good moral people. This is what's the right thing to do. If you're living like that in your Christianity, folks, you don't know of a resurrected Savior. You don't know the resurrection. You don't know the power of the resurrection. You don't know what Jesus can come into your life and do. To you, he's just in the grave, and you just worship the grave. You just say, oh, he's in the tomb. Oh, glory. We anointed his body good. What? See, if he's not alive, then as Paul said, if he's not risen, then, then we're... And, and the word says pitiable, but I like to use it. We're just pitiful. We right. got nothing to hope for. It's just pitiful. Folks, listen to me. I do not want to serve empty religion. Right. 
I'm not here today because they pay me to be a preacher. I'm here today because I know that the resurrected Savior is real and that the resurrection power can be in your life. And I'm here to tell you about it. I'm just being an ambassador for the Lord today. If it's not real, folks, listen to me. I like y'all a lot, but I could rather be somewhere else. Huh? I mean, you good people, but I'm telling you, I'd rather be on the river somewhere myself. But I'm here today to tell you he's alive and well. And I'm here today to show you that the resurrection power can be yours, but you can't go to the tomb expecting something dead. You can't go read your Bible and expect that the words of Jesus aren't real and looking at it like it's just a, you know, little, little it's nice words. But no, it's got to be resurrection power in your life. Okay, let me just keep going. He said he told you. The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Do you know this is the difference, church, of having the power of God operate in your life or not is right here at this. Because if you just say, yeah, that's right, he did say that. Or you say, this is the words of Christ, and I believe they're true. That's where the difference is. If you're serving Jesus just because, you know, uh, well, yeah, that's right. Mm -mm. So they returned from the tomb and they told these things to the 11 and all the rest of it. And Mary Magdalene and Jonah goes to the women here and the other women with them. They told them these things to the apostles. And let's get here. Then their words seemed to them like idle tales. Like, oh, get out. But Peter arose and he ran to the tomb and stooping down, he saw the linen clothes lying by themselves and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Jesus told him what he was going to do. He did it. And then they're like, I don't know. This is stretching me. I don't know if I can believe this or not. Huh? How much more so folks, when you're reading your Bible and the Bible says, uh, you know, any prayer you pray, he's going to hear. I mean, how many can I go through right here? How many promises are there? I mean, just promise after promise after promise. I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be there. I'll deliver you with my strong right arm. Uh, I'll heal you. Uh, I, whatever, right? But we look at it and we do just like Peter did, marvel and say, yeah, hmm. that's amazing. All I'm trying to tell you is you're no different today, 2,000 plus years later, from the day of the resurrection than they were then. You still have the word of God right in front of you. You still have the promises on the inside of you, but are you going to be a Christian that believes or not? Are you going to be somebody that just goes to the tomb and says, oh, yes, this is nice. Oh. Hmm? Are you going to be one of those Christians that's just like the beauty pageant ladies riding on the float down there and they're all... You think they really want to do that? Or do they think they're really welcoming everybody? Is that the kind of Christianity you have? Huh? That you don't believe the word of God? Because folks, it's the same. I'm just telling you, there's no difference. Oh, if I'd have been there by that tomb, if I'd have been there 2,000 years ago, it would be different. No, it wouldn't. If you don't believe today, you wouldn't have believed then. You'd have been one of those ladies like a Martha rushing around the house to get everything cooked and prepared for for the resurrection Sunday meal. And uh, you're all doing that. And then, you know, somebody says, ah, did you hear Jesus rose from the dead? What? Oh, come on. No, no. Because if you don't believe today that your Bible's true, you're not going to believe 2,000 years ago when you're standing at the tomb, the empty tomb. 
Okay, let's go down. Let's go down to verse 25. So look what look, the story goes on. I'm still Luke 24, verse 25. So he's now, now this is different. This is Cleophas and the other guy walking down the road to Emmaus. And uh, so these two guys are walking along and they're complaining. And Jesus steps in the middle of them and he said to them, Oh, foolish one, a slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Folks, what? They're going along the road. They're discouraged. They're in despair. They're going along saying, woe is me. We thought Jesus was it. He's dead. They crucified him. It's all over. It's no good. It's all down. And Jesus walks in. What does Jesus do? Did he pull out his iPad and show him a vision? You know, did he, did, he, did he say, here, let me work a miracle for you so you believe? No, he took and got his Bible out. I know he didn't really have a Bible then. I know it was all old scrolls, but I'm saying to you, Jesus whipped out his Bible and began to explain to them and show them in the word. Huh, the same word that's written down. The same chapters in Isaiah. Listen to me. This is so unbelievable this morning. Makes me want to jump up and down. If I wasn't so tired, I'd do it. The same word out of Isaiah, he took and showed them on the road to Emmaus. Jesus pulled out his pocket New Testament or Old Testament. It wasn't a New Testament then. He got the Old Testament out, popped it out and went through it line by line from these scriptures. That means Jesus preached the word to them. He didn't show them a, here, watch this. Then my finger's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> You're Jesus. No, he took the word. Do you hear what I'm saying? He took the word. My gosh, the world is sitting around with Bibles on every shelf and every corner. And yet the word's not real to them. It's just a book to them. It's a story. They, oh, it's hard to read. I don't understand it. And, and I get confused. And, and I just don't, it's just, I don't have time. Yet the whole living word, God, Jesus took it right there and took the word, the same chapters in Isaiah and read them and showed them what they were supposed to know and set those men free. You don't think it doesn't work the same way today, church? If you want victory in your life, you got to let Jesus sit down and go through the word with you. He began at Moses and all the prophets, and he expounded upon them all the scriptures, the thing concerning himself. There's no difference. Folks, there's no difference. If you want that same resurrection power in your life, if you want the same living Christ to open up and read the Bible to you, he'll do it, but you've got to open it up and get to the page. Look down, verse 24. So they went on. It says they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone a little farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them, and it came to pass that as he sat down at the table with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and then he vanished from their sight. Folks, listen to me. I, I believe, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the supernatural. And I believe with all of my heart that today you can come and have communion 
And I believe the same experience those men had can be your experience today that by faith, when you take communion today, that your eyes can be open and you can, be, you can behold Jesus in a new way. You can, you, you can behold the word in a new way and it can begin to set you free. <laughs> and then they said, didn't our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? Do you have a burning heart for Jesus today? Is your heart on fire burning and you want to know more? Folks, listen to me. The world is so caught up. The world's so caught up in everything. People are out there and everything in the world so caught up. They're either over, well, it's the story of this, this, the, the, the sower who sowed the word. There's people out there, some people out there that are just hard-hearted. They're hard-hearted because the world's dealt them bad blows and they've been hurt in life and they're hard-hearted and seed's not going to fall on, you know, it's not going to take root in them. There's other people out there in the world that are going through life and they want to be a Christian. They want to be good. They want to have good moral values, but yet they're caught up in the world and everything in the world, and the glitter of the world and all that. And the, and the seed's not going to take any effect in their lives. Because as soon as there's some persecution or whatever, they're going to fall. There's others out there that, that, that you know, they, they, they go down that road and they go down that track for a while and they get going. And then, you know, not enough water, not enough depth of earth in there and, and they wither. And it's sad. But then there's some people who are hungry and have burning hearts on the inside of them, which I pray you are this morning. And their hearts are hungry for God and the things of God. And they're hungry to sit down with Jesus and walk the Emmaus road with them and hear the word of God and see what, what, what he wants to open them to. And their hearts are burning on the inside of them for more of him and more knowledge of him. And those people, the Bible says, you follow, that seed's fallen on good ground and it's going to produce some fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It will produce fruit. But I see the world and the world's all so caught up right now and the world's all spinning and, and out of control and crazy and you got this and you got that and, and you know, <laughs> it reminds me and all this always reminds me when, when we were, when I was a kid in school, you know, and that was a long time ago and uh, they used to tell us we have nuclear uh, uh, drills and they would tell us to get under our desk. They would show us in a picture going off of an atomic bomb and the big mushroom cloud and all the big wave kind of like that. And then they would tell me to get under my desk. And as a kid, I was just kind of like, I'm not real sure, but I don't think this is going to work. That desk is not going to save me from what I just saw go off. Why am I getting to this? We might as well stand at the window and look at it because it's the last thing we're going to see. Why crawl under the desk, Right. And some things just, as a kid, it just didn't make sense to me. Well, that's what's happening to us. A lot of what's going on in the world right now is the world's answer to the problems that are out there is just crawl under the desk and it'll be okay. Hello? There's a deadly virus going on, but if you put a piece of tissue paper in front of your face, you'll be okay. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on it. I'm just saying it's that stupid crawl under the desk. And the, from the atomic bomb, and you won't be hurt. Same difference. And that's what the world has to offer you, but Jesus doesn't. Jesus said, I got an answer from you. I, I, I have an answer for whatever problem you're going through. It's right here in my word. I got an answer for it. <clears throat> you find it right in here, and I'll show you, and it'll be a revelation to you. It'll change your life, set you free. Supernatural events will take place. I'll, I'll do whatever I got to do because I have risen from the grave. I have defeated death hell and the grave. That's why he can do it. He has defeated death, hell and the grave. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why he can do it in your life. 
If he wasn't risen, we ain't got nothing and we're just pitiful. Okay, so here we go. So then he says, so they arose that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 and those who were with them and gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon and he told them about these things that had happened on the road and how it was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So then all of a sudden the resurrection was real. So they turned back around, they run back. They run back and they say, it's right. Truly he's risen. Now everybody's like, oh, wow, this is getting kind of freaky. Now it's not just, just these women, these crazy women. No, no, wait a minute now. It's, it's these other guys. They saw Jesus. Hello? Okay, so go to John chapter 11. Now what's always boggled in my mind is <clears throat> that the apostles, the disciples, they were with Jesus when Lazarus was raised from the dead. Okay, so I don't know if they thought, man, somebody should have checked him a little better before they wrapped him up and put him down in that hole. Poor guy wasn't dead and Jesus hollered and woke him up and got him up here. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. Did they sit around the table and talk and Martha and Mary said, man, I was sure you were dead. You weren't dead. You're down in there. He's like, no, I was dead. Well, but I mean, you came back. To, you just came walking out. They came hopping out of there. Y'all ever think about that? Lazarus coming out of the grave. He was wrapped in grave, grave cloths. He could not have walked out of the grave. He had to hop out. He's wrapped. So he had to come hopping out. Can you imagine that scene? Jesus hollers, Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, here comes the dude hopping out of here like a mummy. All I'm saying is there were people there. See, and just, just what I said. There were people there saying, golly, poor old Lazarus. They should have checked him. Rub that stuff all over him, wrapped him up, stuck him in there. Been laying there for four days trying to get out of them old clothes. That stuff's all stuck on him and he couldn't get out. And thank goodness Jesus finally hollered loud enough to get him out of there. Because see, they can't believe it. They, it's too much for them to believe. How did the disciples do that? And so why didn't they say, oh, now I get it. This is what rising from the dead means. Why didn't they do that? Because they're like a lot of other Christians. They hear revelation thrown out every Sunday that Jesus is always trying to speak it, but they don't believe it. So John eleven seventeen, Jesus is going to the hill to raise Lazarus. And so it says, and when Jesus came, he found that they had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, <clears throat> you see, folks, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to shake you enough this morning that when you come up here and have communion, that, that God can break forth something into your life because everybody was at the house just comforting Martha and Mary because their brother had died, right? So they're saying good things about him. They're saying, you know, it'll be okay. They're saying all this, but nobody thought about raising him from the dead. This is what I want to tell you, that Jesus thinks differently. And all I'm saying is if you're a child of God, you've got to quit thinking on your own level. You've got to start thinking and asking God to give you the mind of Christ because God's thoughts are not our thoughts, what Isaiah said, right? His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you got to quit trying to put God in a box and keep your thoughts trying to guide God. You're not his guide. Well, God, if you would just do this, then 
then that would help that, and then we could do this. And No, who are you to be telling the creator of the world how he should do it? So now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. And Mary was sitting in the house, and now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Because she had rationalized in her mind. She'd seen Jesus heal people, and she knew she liked, Jesus liked them. And she figured if he died, I mean, you know, I mean, he wouldn't have died because Jesus would have healed him of his sickness. So in her mind, all she can think of is if you would have been here. She was playing the game of what if. Then she goes on to say, but even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, well, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. What is this lady doing talking about resurrection? What is she doing talking about? I know that you will rise again in the resurrection of the day. What do you mean? Martha knew about a resurrection the last day? Yeah, she got it out of the Old Testament. She knew what the scripture said, that this body wouldn't be corrupt. But she couldn't apply it to Jesus. She was just thinking, yeah, I know that one day God's going to come back and then we're all going to be resurrected. Yes, I know that day's coming. So now she doesn't believe the full promise. She only believes the part promise. So in your life, are you believing the full promise or are you just believing the part promise? Just a portion of it. I am. And he goes in, Jesus said to her, well, wait a minute, let me start back. Martha said, I know that he will rise on the last day at the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Not I'm going to be resurrected. Do you hear this? He didn't say I'm going to be resurrected. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he die, he shall live. Woo! And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so he's got her. She's stumped. She didn't know what to say. So she comes up with a pat thing. Uh, yes, Lord, I believe that you're Christ, the son of the living God, to come into the world. So she didn't say she believed in all what he said. She just said, I don't know. You're it. Now, the word resurrection if you go look up the word resurrection, it means the rising up or the rising up even from a seat or rising from the dead or to stand up. That's what resurrection means. So resurrection is a term that we don't, you know, you don't use it in your daily deal. Uh, maybe if you were in the car restoration business, you might say, I resurrected that car from the dead. You might use that term. Hello? I know jalopy beat up and you restored it to its full glory, right? You might could say, well, I resurrected that. And that's depends on what kind of your personality you got, I guess. But the word resurrection to them was a word that they used to mean the rising up or the standing up. In other words, Jesus said, look, folks, I'm, who, I'm the one who can cause you to rise up or to stand up, or to make alive in your life. I am the one. I'm not scared of death. Death doesn't bother me because I'm the one who causes things to rise up. 
What in your life do you have going on today that you need resurrected? You need your faith resurrected. You need your joy resurrected. You need your peace resurrected. What do you need resurrected? You need your marriage resurrected. You need your health resurrected. What do you need to cause to stand up and make alive in your life? Jesus said, I'm the one that'll do it. I'm the one that'll raise it up in your life and do it. I'm the one that can come in there and touch you and do a miracle in your life and resurrect whatever needs to be resurrected in you. See, right now in the world, I don't know about y'all, but I get tired. If I start looking in the world, start looking at the news and start looking at any of those things, I start getting tired because all I'm thinking is, my gosh, just one situation after the next. I mean, if it's not this going on, it's that going on. If it's not this, it's that. It's over here, it's that. And this and over here, you know, and whatever. And you just keep going and then everything and trying to change and stupid people just running amok. Feeding at the feed trough of stupid. But I don't have to worry too much because if I keep my eyes off of them and keep my eyes on Jesus, his resurrection power can keep working in my life and resurrect my joy, resurrect my peace, resurrect my happiness, resurrect my love, resurrect whatever needs to be resurrected on the inside of me rather than going along and saying, well, you know, it's dead and gone. Huh? Okay, let me give you the last scripture. Go to the old faithful, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. A scripture everybody uses on on as a salvation message or salvation prayer. But I don't know how many people really realize this. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Paul telling the church at Rome how you get saved. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Huh? It's not enough to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not enough to believe that just Jesus is the son of God. It's that you believe that he rose from the dead. The resurrection is the key pivotal point in salvation come to your life. And the moment, let's think about this. The moment, folks, listen to me, that you believed that Jesus arose from the dead, the moment you believe this and you know that 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 you got saved, hello, that you know that you know that you're right with God, Think of that resurrection, the standing up, the making alive. You were dead in God, dead to God, Ephesians 2 says, out of the covenants, out of the promises, no blessings upon you. You were out. You weren't ever going to get in the game. And then all of a sudden you did something. You believed, you used your faith. You believed that he was the son of God and the resurrection power came into your life, and then all of a sudden, whoo, you knew that you knew that you were saved. Is that not resurrection power working? Oh, but why do we leave it at that and say, oh, well, that's what happened. The day I got saved, it was glorious. Yes, I gave my life to Jesus to save me. And then that's it. What about the next issue you come to in life? The same way you got saved, the same way you're going to walk in victory, the same way you're going to walk in all the promises, the same way. The resurrection power of God coming into your life and boom. Just like those men on the road to Emmaus walking down the road. Jesus opens up your revelation. You're like, I'll be. I didn't ever saw that. That's a good one, Lord. How many times that's happened to me and changed my whole course in life? Hello? Changed my whole course. Changed my whole life. Changed my whole thinking. Brought joy into my life. Brought peace into my life. Brought everything into my life because, man. That, rev- that resurrection power 
did something. Folks, listen to me. We're not playing around with church. You shouldn't be playing around with religion. You shouldn't just be praying around, wanting to, playing around, wanting to just you know, say, well, I just got some good morals here. I want to keep those good morals. No, no, no. We're not in this for play. We're in this for, for, for life and for victory and for what we believe. It's changed our life. I can't stop being a Christian. Boy, that's true. I don't want to. But I'm telling you, I can't stop. I'm addicted to the next revelation. I'm addicted. I can't quit reading my Bible. I can't quit walking down the road to Emmaus with Jesus. I want to know. I want to see. I want the revelation. I want it to come into my life. Woo, man, I just want that next great vision of what he's going to say and what he's going to do in my life. So this morning, as we have communion, I just want to say to you, why don't we have burning hearts like they did on the road to Emmaus? Why don't we come and take communion this morning and really want to commune with the living God? Why don't we come and why don't we make this point that we're not going to be people that just hang around a, an empty tomb? <laughs> Some people have just gotten, you know, their service for the Lord is, you know, I got in the dust room and the mop and they just want to keep cleaning the empty tomb. That's not what the power is. The power is in the revelation of why there's an empty tomb. I never have really wanted to go to Israel to see those type things. I just never really, I always kind of just said, ah, oh, Jesus, you can give me the grand tour someday, but... You know, I don't really want to go see that. I would like to go to Israel and see some other things, but I'm just saying those religious sites, I, I, I don't know. I just not, I don't know. Just kind of the way it is with me. But in my heart, in my heart, I see it. You know, in my heart, I see, and I'm so thankful for an empty tomb. I'm so thankful for the resurrection. I'm so thankful that I can stand up here this morning and tell y'all, I know that I know that I know that the resurrection has taken place because I see the power of God operating in our lives. Amen. Hello? And so this morning, let's make this communion special. As, you, as we come forward here in a minute and we, we're served, well then, let's make it special today. And let's, com let's commit our lives and our hearts to Christ. What I want to say to you is if you're, out there watching today, or if you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the answer is today to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's the Son of God and that he arose from the grave. This resurrection Easter Sunday morning can be the glory in your heart that you can always remember from this, you know, forever. And so we're going to have our prayer team up here, as always. And if you come up forward for communion and you're not sure that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of life, well, then you're going to want to just step up and let one of these people pray with you. Just tell them. Say, I want to make sure that I know that I know that I'm going to heaven. If you're out there in the audience, the video, the broadcast, listen to that, listen to me. Right wherever you are, just call out upon the name of the Lord. And, he, and he'll touch you right where you're at. You're not, you're not too far gone. You're not too far off. Call upon the name of Jesus. And he'll, you'll be saved. He'll touch your heart right there. So can I have my prayer team come down? Uh, people are going to help me serve communion this morning.
So the Bible tells us on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, now take and eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so Lord, we thank you that you went to the cross for us. You gave your life on that cross so that your blood could be poured out upon the mercy seat of heaven for us. And so Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your broken body here today, healing our bodies. And so Lord, thank you so much as we break it now. In Jesus' name, take and eat. And then afterwards, he took the cup and he said, now this cup is a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So Lord, we thank you. They asked you defeated death, hell and the grave, but you destroyed the yoke over our lives, the bondage, Lord, to sin. And that today, as we take and we drink, we thank you for our covenant with you of your blood over our life, forgiving us of our sins, making us whole and clean with you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. So take and drink.